Welcome to the new sound of online radio. Welcome to the sound of Universal Broadcasting Network. Yes. You make me feel Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. Hello. Welcome to Charmed Life, broadcasting live from the Universal Broadcasting Network studios in Hollywood, California. I'm Trisha Carr. I'm your host. Hi, Jarvis. Jarvis is over there working away. (laughs) Um, So um, however you're tuning in, if you are uh, watching us live on ubnradio.com or if you're catching us on the podcast or webcast, well, guess what? You have perfect timing. So um, because I believe in perfect timing. So (laughs) thanks for being here with me. And if it is your first time uh, joining uh, the show today, watching us, um, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. I am Trisha. Like I said, I'm a medium. I'm an intuitive. I'm an animal communicator. And I love to talk about magic and unity consciousness and uh, one love, Gaia love, all that kind of stuff. But you can find me. uh, My website is Trisha Carr Charm. It's T-R-I-C-I-A-C-A-R-R. And uh, my social media handles are also at Trisha Carr Charm. So just find me. And then you can keep up with when I'm doing any kind of broadcast or blogs or anything like that. So let's get into today's show. Um, Today's guest is intuition and perception expert, author, counselor, and trainer, Penny Pierce. Welcome, Penny. (laughs) They love you. They love you, Penny. Hi. How are you? Yeah, I was having a little trouble with the audio there. Oh, okay. It's okay now. You good? Okay, good. Yeah. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I am a really huge fan of Penny's work. Um, she has um, several books. Um, she's Today I wanted to talk about one of a trilogy called Leap of Perception. It was just released in paperback on October 11th. And um, so, Penny, would you like to? I don't. Would you like to give us a little background about your work, and of course, um, an overview of leap of perce- perception? Sure. Yeah, I've been. Uh, oh gosh, I mean, I started off as an art director and interior designer and graphic designer, and then morphed into um, working with design principles way back before design thinking existed. Um, mm. And and I think that training in design gave me a lot of insight about how to think about um, problem solving. Mm. And and then it gave me, once I opened up metaphysically, which happened around 1977, um, it helped me have a way of thinking about spiritual things that was much more grounded than the other people that were doing a lot of the work at that time, which was pretty out there, you know, (laughs) back at that point. I know, I get it, yeah. Yeah, and um, anyway, so... I started teaching intuition development trainings and doing lots and lots and lots of private sessions for individuals, which taught me a whole lot about how how the inner realm of the mind and the, the emotions and the soul affect the physical world. 
And, you know, so that became so fascinating to me, how the inner world creates the outer world and, you know, how all these things are merging and fitting together. And then paying attention to what was happening under the surface of life all the time. I was always looking like, why is that happening? Mm. Um, And so I started looking for trends in society and looking at what was happening in, in people because things always seem to be accelerating. Yes. Right. So, and it was every year it was accelerating more and more and more. So finally I really realized I was talking about transformation. Mm. And um, so I started writing books in uh, the first book in the intuitive way was published in 97. Wow. Great. Oh, and so then, 20 years yeah. after your metaphysical opening or yeah, awakening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it took, you know, I think that's good, too, because I opened slowly. I wasn't, you know, I I really built up experience over time, and then everything happened fairly naturally. But Mm -hmm. it was pretty busy for a long time. And, oh, like I worked with Transmedium Kevin Ryerson for about four years, and we did all kinds of really interesting work with his mediumship. Wow. And um, so I, and then I've done shamanism and worked in Japan on and off for 20 years. So it's a pretty (laughs) well-rounded bunch of experience at this point. Yeah, that's really dynamic. That's really, really beautiful. Um, Yeah, sorry, go ahead. And I had written um, Intuitive Way. And then some years later, I wrote Frequency, Mm -hmm. The Power of Personal Vibration, which became very well-known and internationally and then some years after that, I thought, well, so what's the next thing, you know, that wants to come? And it seems like I can't write a book until it's actually time to write it or mm-hmm. the energy on the planet is at a level where that knowledge is natural yes. for it to come in. And so the, the next thing seemed Leap of Perception, which is um, the last book I've written. And um, it's really about how we're changing into out of the the information age into what I've been calling the intuition age and um you know it's it's actually a shift of perception it's causing a shift of energy and consciousness and reality and so forth and so what is it how does it work you know how what will it be like after it really happens and uh you know there's there's certainly uh, you know, symptoms of it happening now, but I think we're sort of in a bridge time, mm. you know, between the old and the new, which yes. is this, you know, it's that, that birth process <laughs> that makes, it's always a little difficult. It is. And you know what, speaking of that in-between place, you know, there's people talking about the different sort of generations that we've um, put together and given them a name on the planet right now, especially in the United States, we have the baby baby boomers, Gen X, and the millennials. And mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm the Gen X <laughs> part. I'm uh-huh. right in the middle of these two, so I feel like I am the bridge right now. It's an interesting uh-huh. position to be in. The millennials yeah. are definitely more, um, you know, op- moving to that intuition age, if not all the way in there. Some of them, and I, or at least all the way open to it. Don't yes, and I know saying. other people describe that as you know different soul groups of yes. beings that have been incarnating. Mm-hmm. You know, and yes, and, yes, and you talk about new children in in your work. Yeah, and I think that's true. I think there are. I think it was like around 1970 or so. Mm-hmm. Some of these new groups started coming in, and um, you know, so we have the crystal children and and the indigo. You know, they have names for them yes. all. But I think um, 
a lot of them have had a lot of experience in the higher dimensions, like yes. mental realm, let's say, mm -hmm. and not that experience coming into the physical world all the way down right. you know, into form. So, but the, you know, my whole premise here is, you know, that everything's been accelerating. And what does that mean? It means the, the actual vibration of the physical world has been increasing. Mm. The plant itself has been increasing, which also means then our bodies, which are made of matter, are increasing at the same rate. And that's quantizable, right? That is actually measurable by, yes, by science, that, the, that yeah. the frequency of the planet is raising. The vibration yeah. is, is getting they faster. They call it the, Sh the Schumann resonance, right. and it's, it is measurable. Um, and, and so as that, that acceleration occurs, actually then the, the physical plane starts to vibrate at a level that's faster and closer to the non-physical levels. Right. So we're having a, this this kind of experience of almost like a bleed through mm. where the physical and the non-physical come together and we sort of realize, oh, wait a minute, the heavens in the earth, you know, it's not separate. We're we're here, you know, the spirits in matter yes. and, you know, it's, it's starting to integrate, which then gives us the feeling personally of, oh, wait a minute, I guess my soul might be in my body, you mm. know, or I am the soul. Mm hmm. No, I don't have a soul out there somewhere, but it's, you know, it's, it's here and now. Right. And yeah. Well, I think in ba the, um, back to, you know, information age into the intuition age. And if we take it one generation before that, the age before that was the industrial age. Exactly. Industrial age is very physical. And then information is less physical. Intuition well, it, is almost it's entirely almost like body, mind, spirit. Yes, yes. You and know, we need all of them in, the on this plane. Industrial age was mechanical processes in time and space mm -hmm. and machines, right? Mm -hmm. Which accelerated and we got computers, which accelerated, you know, and we leaped into the information age from that. Right. And then that accelerated, and we got the internet, and we have now so much information, we cannot process it anymore in the linear way that we're used to processing everything. Yes. Like A, B, C, D, and you get E, you know, or past, present, future. Um, life is too fast for that kind of thinking. Mm -hmm. That is too slow now, because everything's happening in a vast present moment at the, now it's like an expanded you know, present moment yes it's very much expanded mm -hmm. so that it's like everything speeds up so that it becomes more and more instantaneous as everything as as people start to realize they're living in a huge present moment which mm. has swallowed up the past and the future and a huge and, a, a huge um, um spatial present presence as well that's right yeah that's right and dimensional yes also so what we have then and this is the leap of perception I'm talking about. It's going out of linear. Mm. And that old, you know, we even have, you know, storylines, plot lines, you know, everything's in lines. And um, so now we're going into spheres. Right. We're moving into an, a, an actual experience of being centered in the middle of a ball. And that ball is your aura, or it's also your present moment. And yes. it's also your reality. And it's also your conscious mind. Body, mind, and, and spirit, again, yes. Yeah, it's all there, but mm -hmm. you're in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And the, the sphere moves on its own to really encompass or change its focal length. Wow. So in some ways, there is nothing outside the sphere. All the past is inside. All the future is inside. Mm -hmm. All the dimensions are inside. But you have the illusion of focusing it larger or smaller, you know, depending what you focus on. Yes. And... Um, so what happens then is that everything's inside this huge ball, but at different frequencies. Right. 
So it's all about vibration now. And the different frequencies are different realities. They're different ways of thinking. They're different consciousness. You know? Yes, and different different ways that we focus our attention. And you talk a lot about mm-hmm. perception and attention. And um, what can you can you um, explain um, what you mean by attention and how we can use it in more effective ways, more intentional ways, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and why that's important? Yeah, well, I think attention is going to be really the skill of the future, if there is a future or of the whatever expanded <laughs> now. Yes, right. <laughs> um, because it's not about intention really anymore, because intention is about the future yes. and using sort of a projection away from yourself towards mm. some kind of goal, but you're thinking of it as separate from you, which is yeah. linear. That makes sense. You yeah, see? Absolutely. So, but attention is simply the act of placing your focus, your whole presence really, mm-hmm. on something. It could right. be a flower. You know, it could be a goal. It could be a reality you'd like to create. And as you keep attention on something by being with it, and that's in the present moment, mm-hmm. you get closer and closer and closer and closer to it. And you like move into a kind of feeling of, I call it feeling into things. You I know? love that. You know? I lo- That really um, taught me a lot, the, that phrase of feeling into, because bes- I had been doing that my entire life anyway. So yeah, I had language yeah. for it. <laughs> we, we didn't have language for a lot mm-hmm. of these things, you know. And um, so feeling into or communing with something. Mm-hmm. Going into communion with something, meaning that you feel one with that thing. So you look at the flower, and first it's a separate object out here apart from you. Then as you look at it, you get closer to it, and pretty soon you feel like what it's like to be a flower. And what that urge of flowering is all about. I mean, my goodness, you know, it's an amazing feeling. Then you know yourself as the flower, and you feel the self in its many forms. Yes. And then you have a lot of love and appreciation for anything you feel into because you always find the core energy of life or the love or the, the unified self, which is a huge thing. You know, it's a, a, all the people in the world combined together make this huge self, this collective consciousness. Because it is a it's, sea of energy. There isn't really, in higher truth, separation. Yeah. And energy and consciousness are, are not separable. Right. You know, they are flip sides of the same coin. So I always have started now at least to say energy and consciousness as one one term because the higher the frequency you get, for instance, the, the different kind of reality you're going to get and knowledge you're going to get. So instead of trying to create a future reality right now, which is planning and then you have all the goals and the steps in this linear process, mm-hmm. you stay in your present moment and you let your mind move into a... A resonance with a, a different frequency, which is in your present moment. Right. But let's say you want to create a new job and you want maybe, you know, a really cool kind of people to work with and, and a nice view or you don't want to commute or whatever it would be. Um, and you put all those variables together in your imaginal realm mm-hmm. and make a little movie out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and then you step into the movie yes. and you feel yourself in it and you enjoy it. And if it needs revision, you revise it right there. And then you get it to feel the way you like to feel. That's what I call your home frequency. Yes, right. Then you keep your attention on that experience. So much so that the body then starts to get the feeling of that. Yes. Oh, this is real. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow, this could be normal. Mm-hmm. You know, and pretty soon that feeling state, it's almost as though attention on an idea drops it in frequency down enough that it suddenly materializes as form. 
And you know, we can take um, we could take a, um, a, a cue from science or a kind of science with the placebo effect. I say kind of science because. Uh, scientists, doctors have no idea why the placebo effect works. <laughs> right, right. Good example. <laughs> but yeah. they use it in science because they're like, well, it works sometimes. So let's, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. it's it's attention on, on a, Wellness. A, an experience. Mm-hmm. It's not even a, so I'm careful now about how I'm saying things. Like mm-hmm. when you say outcome, that almost futurizes sure. it too. Right. Um, so on an experience that you feel like you could have, yes. you know, and um so the potential of something is your future. Yes. Right? right? And so you can have any combination of variables you want. All They're all out there in the imaginal realm to like, be chosen if you wish. You and, know, and you just have to say that's the way things materialize. You put attention on it, it comes to you. And anyone could, I think, relate to that because um, there's, no, there's no way that you could eat a sandwich unless you thought or you imagined or you, you know, had the you created the um the um pre-experience of eating a sandwich (laughs) right (laughs) yeah right i mean even making the movement of putting it to your mouth you know that's you know it's amazing how consciousness works and i think that what we're coming to really is understanding that we do have some universal principles and universal laws that guide the way energy and consciousness functions. Yes. And so metaphysics and physics are, to me, totally tied together. Yes, they're in you know, quantum physics. They're, and Jarvis is, Jarvis is getting in on the conversation now. Jarvis is, <laughs> yeah, he's like, yes. <laughs> you know, meta- there's always a non-physical and phys- physical version of the same thing. Yes. Right. And so we're starting to see how they interconnect and actually work back and forth with each other. Right. One affects the other. It, well, you know, it's that duality um, of, of like uh, in, in physics of uh, waves and particles particles are contracted energy waves are expanded mm-hmm. energy and one yeah. collapses into and um uh, disintegrates into the the other i mean it's mm-hmm. wherever we are with duality yeah. then well we're rocking back and forth between you know in a way it's like we're we're in a particle based world when we're thinking we're physical yes you know, and separate from each other and all that. It's like separate little entities all running around the world together. And then you relax, take your attention off of that world for a minute, and you go into the wave, which kind of rocks you back out to the imaginal realm. And when you're there, you're in the field. Yes, total creativity. Total unified field. Mm-hmm. All In the imaginal realm, same thing. You know, that's yes. the whole sphere out there. And then you get somehow that part of you out there picks up some ideas or things that it would like to pay attention to, and the attention itself brings them down into form again. Right. And then you do a task, and you enjoy this world, and you let go, and you go back out again. And so we're rocking constantly in the in between these realms. You know, I call that now the round trip. You know, we're always <laughs> doing this round trip between the worlds, back and forth, and, pre- and we're weaving them together, yes. knitting them together, you know, so that we see that you know, all the, the, what we need is right here already with us. Yes. Uh, so part of this leap of perception is about getting rid of the idea of separation. Yeah, right. Because the, the higher truth, and we can all agree that space and time is temporal. I mean, sure. I mean, it's all space, one thing. Space and time are yeah. versions of each other in yes. a way, too. Mm-hmm. They, they're totally interconnected, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, you know, so I think that as we go into this... I just, I'm calling it now the new perception. Okay. It'll be old, linear, and new, spherical, and holographic also, right. Right. which comes after you realize everything's a sphere, 
then you could think of all the points in the sphere as frequencies. Mm. You know, and then you can go into any point and it contains the entire reality again. Any right. point inside your body contains the entire knowledge of everything. Right. So you can easily slide in and out of points, you know, and create realities and uncreate realities. And I think we're going to be able to do that very fast in the next few years. We're going really? to start getting these concepts of how easy it is to create or uncreate a reality through attention. Globally, you feel that that's going yeah. to come, that, that everyone is going to be able to grasp that as yeah, a reality. Yeah, I don't know how many years it will take in linear time, but sure. I think that what there will be a critical mass that occurs mm. as enough people get this and start to really get it and practice it, that it'll, it'll draw other people in, and just the energy itself will start changing people's consciousness. Right. Um, so it's not hopeless. I mean, when you look out right now, we're in a phase of clearing the subconscious mind. Yes, we're, we're doing shadow work, as Jung called it, exactly. <laughs> globally. <laughs> global, global shadow work, yes. exactly. Um, you know, and it's part of the transformation process, really, that as the energy of the physical world accelerates and gets really speedy, well, then the, the place where we used to store the subconscious blockages and fear, which was pretty dense and low vibration, well, that's raised in vibration, so the fears can't really stay there anymore. It's like they pop up. They, they can't stay in, in place. There's nowhere to hide, you know, and so Absolutely. all our old traumas and dramas are like sort of surfacing into our conscious mind and daily reality now. And, and like, what's happening to me, you know, yeah. <laughs> all this stuff? And, uh, and you're seeing it in politics, in, in current events, you know, that... Uh, you know, the, the collective subconscious of the country is yes. clearing as well, of, of, you know, the world is clearing. And so that's, you know, current events. Yes, that's true. And uh, it, we see with this, um, we're, we're, as we're live today, um, we're just a few days before um, the presidential election, which we could mm -hmm. say has been uncomfortable. <laughs> and you see, you know, people that are very... Um, tender-hearted, compassionate people being shocked by their, uh, you know, brothers and sisters that, that they really do that, you know, it's there in, if, in unity and from the unity um, standpoint, that is just there. I mean, we're not separate from one another. So that is my shadow that where yeah. there's my brother who is um, saying these things that I think are, are sad and, and horrible to say about other people or, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's that collective consciousness, um, subconscious um, work that we're, we're doing. It's surfacing. It is. And, and this, as the fear surfaces, you know, it always brings up oppositional thinking, mm -hmm. you know, so we get conflict, we get fear, we get fight or flight responses to everything, you know, yes. where you try to control it and lock down on it and maintain your security, or you just give it all up and, and get apathetic and yeah. say, and leave your body and mm -hmm. I'm not going to do anything about this, you know. Um, and I see that, I mean, it's extreme in politics right now. It's that it's being symbolized, yes. you know, in, <laughs> it is in such the way intense people symbols. are thinking. Yes. So in that way, it's very healthy, I think, that these things are coming to the surface and very quickly being sort of crystallized into these visible positions. Right. Uh, but, you know, whether you say Republican or Democrat, there's no right or wrong in those because those are two versions of, of a fear-based way of looking at the world. 
Yes, yeah. absolutely. Because and, either way, it's still separate and it's still par- particular. <laughs> right. And if you take it to extremes, you know, conservative politics gets very controlling and, and the liberal can be very um, almost apathetic at, or victim-like at times. Mm-hmm. Oh, look what they're all doing to me, right. big brother. You know, and um, so there's a third thing now, you know, and it's like I think we have to eclipse polarities at this time. Yes. Yes. Move beyond the either or into the sort of both and, which then reveals the third point, mm-hmm. you know, that higher reality where it's like with suffering. I think the same thing, you know, you can fight suffering and try to rescue everybody mm-hmm. or you can agree with suffering and become a victim yourself. And it's like I'm I'm right by being wrong, you know, right. uh, you know, be proud of it and all that. But you're still adding energy into the idea of suffering. Yes. And, and you're um, lowering your vibration by uh, either being the victim or the uh, savior, uh, yeah. you know, fighting, the fighting savior, not just, yes. you know, you're not exactly. Like, or the perpetrator, whichever those are way the three. you go. Yes, those are yeah. the, kind of the and, three options. And so <laughs> to not participate in suffering, for instance, to get beyond it, to say, well, it doesn't mean I won't want to help people or right. offer things, but... To believe in suffering as a big way of life and that the physical plane equates with suffering, I just don't, I don't buy it. Right. You know, it doesn't have to be. Okay. And, and same thing with like conservative liberal or, you know, but, but it's interesting how a lot of like the conservative viewpoint, which goes toward the military and so forth, then gets attracted to the Taliban and the conservative element of fundamental religions yes and, and that's the enemy that that they've attracted that enemy same. it's the it's same the, exactly you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you know it's almost a cosmic joke and when we get it we're gonna go oh my god how did i buy into this for so long <laughs> right right <You> know? <laughs> totally uh you know and, and i think that um everyone is sort of agreeing that we are on the um, precipice of a dramatic global change. I mean, we feel it definitely in this country, but we look around the the earth and we feel it. So, I mean, I think that I, I would think that there is a reason why this material that you're bringing forth in Leap of Perception, that that timing is perfect. As I said at the top of the show, I believe in perfect timing. So mm-hmm. um, why do you think that is? What do you, how can you speak to that? I mean, we already sort of have been, but in a, is there a specific way? Why, why do I think there's a global sh- shift or... How, how The timing of the work that you're doing that is oh. aligned with this global shift, like the leap of I, perception at this time. I think it's that I try to keep in tune with what's going on energy-wise. Mm-hmm. And as I do, the thoughts that come to me are see, sort of come out of the frequency of the times. Yes. And so, like I said, I couldn't have written the book Frequency before anybody was aware of energy. Right. You know, and and suddenly it came out and it was right there and and it was like the seminal work on energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, so, you know, now I've just finished a new book. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but it'll come out next year. That I think is going to be the same way. It's another step. You know, Wonderful. that I, I didn't see before fully, sure. but it was sort of there all along, but it wasn't time. Yes. You know, right. and so I don't know. I think it's just if you embrace the energy changes and this acceleration and clear yourself of your clutter, you know, yes. your your fears um, and b- just become more open, then you, you stay in tune with the times. Agreed. I, and, and I think this shift also, um, you know, a lot of it's bottom up. And a, and a lot of it's top down. Yes. You know, I think yes. there are a lot of 
people who are moving into leadership positions and and older people too who are just sick of the like the good old boys network mm. that are I have lots of the, uh, varieties of ages of people now as clients who are very much aware mm-hmm. and I think that um, they're going to start instigating new perception in corporations and in government and other kinds of systems and a lot of it will be just like forming new companies that work differently Others will, I think a lot of the old dinosaur kind of consciousness is just going to not work. Right. And we need that third option that you were. Yeah. And there will be things rising out through the cracks in the concrete, you know, that um, will take over just because the old things actually won't work. Yes. And I think we're even seeing that now a lot, you know, that um, things that are too hierarchical. I mean, people want transparency in leadership now. They don't want to have somebody just up on a pedestal. They want to know what that person's like and what they're, you know, all about them personally. Right. Yes. You know, so, yeah, so we're getting sort of, and maybe it's from Facebook and the Internet and social media that we're starting to get this sense that, hey, I could know anybody. That's true. I can be connected to anybody. Right. And, you know, I've thought that, um, even before I discovered your work, I was I sort of perceived at one point that with the internet and the way that we are um, experiencing the the change, you know, the transfer of information so quickly that and we created the internet, we created computers. They're basically a model of of us of what we can do that we can communicate with someone instantaneously we can be involved with one another and we're reminding ourselves of that and so i had been thinking that before i discovered your work so to me i was like well it's natural that the information age would push us into the information intuition age yeah yeah i think so because we're moving from the left brain now into the right brain and right brain is connected i think very much with the heart Mm -hmm. with the whole energy field yes you know and um the left brain is so compartmentalized and, and linear you know, and uh, it really keeps us separated from all these little discrete parts that are analyzed and labeled, yes. you know, and, uh, and as you stay in the left brain and think that's the only way to know things, you know, you're going to, it's going to be too slow. Right. As you move to the right brain, you know, like Jill Baldy Taylor had a great description of that in her book, Stroke of Insight, you know, where she had to live in her right brain or she called it her right mind, you <laughs> know, for, for <laughs> a while. And realize that it's all about immersion. You yes. know, the cells were conscious and everything knew about everything else. And there's no language in the right brain. It yes. really is direct immersion and direct experience of life. And all the knowledge is there. And if you need something and, and think about it, you've actually gone to the left brain a little bit to stop and interrupt the right brain. Yes. So that you can have a focus. Right. You know, and um, but we're learning to move from the, the left brain to the right, which is, again, a little bit like what we were saying before about the, ro- the round trip. Yes, absolutely. So it's like moving out of the particle into mm-hmm. the field. Yes. And, um, and so you move out and you access through intuition, mm-hmm. through direct knowing. Direct and knowing, empathy yes. And telepathy, direct ex- human gifts that we all have. Right. You know, and you don't... Uh, get it from other computers in a linear horizontal fashion you get it directly from the great computer in the sky the unified field by opening yourself and raising your frequency and then you have access to amazing kinds of things and new innovations and 
all kinds of stuff, you know. And so I think maybe machines are helping us get the idea that some of this is possible. Right. But I'm hoping we're not getting so addicted to them that we won't develop our own skills, which are going to far surpass what machines can do. Well, you know? I think that it just, I mean, maybe that there is, um, maybe that's part of the shadow work is if, if we do get too addicted mm-hmm. to the machines for a bit, but that's going to start to fail us to a degree and we're going to keep moving forward yeah. into that intuition age. Yes. Yeah. You know, without the right brain, heart, and all that, and you stay in the left brain and you start to make new technology based only on the left brain, we're getting into the realm of the Atlantean scientists, you know, where where it gets dangerous. Right. Actually dangerous. And the field, because the field is pure creativity and pure, um, let's just say, life force, it it can – the field can um, sustain – um, there's no limit to how much of life force and creativity that the field can sustain, but there is a limit to how much of the opposite that it will be able to uphold because it is made of the creativity because it's basically made of yeah. left brain. <laughs> I think when you're in the consciousness of the field, you don't actually recognize negativity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's like such a weird subset. It's like it, it, when you're focusing on being the soul, the soul has no concept of problems right. you know yes. blockages right you know it's it's just things work yes you know now maybe there's you know it's a little maybe there's some kind of a sad emotion if you could have an emotion at that level that you can't get all the way through into the physical plane because of the fear that's blocking mm. the the flow yes but um you know i think that as we get closer to working with the unified field we get very aware of the flow yes right. and the flow to me is really the sort of, sort of collective consciousness of all beings evolving. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everything is evolving with everything else and helping everything else evolve concurrently in the moment so that, you know, if I get a new idea, where did it come from? Everybody. Right. <laughs> you know, yes. they need me to have this idea so mm-hmm. I can, you know, give it back to them in the form that I'm here to do. And, and so the other person has to do something I'm going to need that's their form and, it's just so synchromesh. You yes. Know? Oh, I like that word, synchromesh. <laughs> I was just, I was just having a conversation last night, actually, with my husband, and about um, you know that very very open, broad conversation about this time space reality, mm. and and he, he just said so. Who created it? And I said, we did. <laughs> because <laughs> we is you know the collective. It's source. Mm-hmm. It's everything. We did. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. And now I, I would love to um, ask you because this is something that I think I would get asked if I were um, talking to someone who is more left brain. Um, if we, as we shift, you know, you um, say that we should shift out of that le- uh, out of that left brain into the right brain, um, and um, you know, the heart, the body, and the cells. Now, a critic or a skeptic or someone who is not really on that uh, frequency would ask, how would we even get things done then if we neglected right. <laughs> the left well, brain? Yeah, but I'm not saying get rid of the left sure, brain. right. It's, it's, it has its absolute function in the physical reality. Mm-hmm. To, to, it's the servant of the right brain. Yes. It's not the boss. Right. So you use your right brain to access ideas and visions and plans and the sense of, something how it's going to drop into form 
And then you take that vision and you drop back to your body, let's mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. and you go, so what do I feel like doing right now about this vision? Yes. How does it want to translate into this particular moment of time and space? Oh, I think I'll make a phone call <laughs> or I think I'll write a, a you know, business plan. Yes. You know, and then you're in the world and you're doing that and you're enjoying this world. Here. Yes. And then you finish your task. And you go, that was nice. I enjoyed doing that. And now, ah, you know, go back out. Check your vision again. <laughs> yes. And then come back in and see what's the next task that comes out of maybe this renewed vision. Yes. Now, maybe somebody else in the field did a task that you thought you were supposed to do, and now you don't have to do it anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, you know and, but you've got to have this constant ongoing revision of the, of the vision, revisioning yes. of the vision to um, stay, you know, in the flow. Right. You know, so yeah, you don't get rid of the left brain, but you just don't get stuck in it. Right. It is the servant of the right brain. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. There's. I don't know if you are familiar with this book called um, "The Law of One," and it's also sort of called "The Raw Material." R A. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, in in the in this book, um, there was a bunch of um, the the author and um, some other of her colleagues. They channeled um, information. They spent a lot of channeling uh, with this particular group of um, I don't know, extra dimensionals or interdimensionals um, who are benevolent and you know interested in in you know planet Earth actually growing and surviving and you know mm-hmm. um, expanding. And they talk about a lot in this book. She, the, the author talks about. Um, the game with the small G and the game with the big G. And that's sort of that duality again. The game with the small G is, you know, going to work and doing, mm-hmm. you know, doing those different things that you do, the tasks that the right brain, the large, uh, the big G, has conceptualized. Yeah. Um, and I think when we start moving into the new perception yes, and comparing it with the old perception, which is not going to go away, right. by the way, right. you know, that left brain consciousness is still here. It's useful. Yes. It's just like you think about how humanity has three brains and we started with the reptile brain and mm-hmm. then we got the animal brain, you know, and that but the reptile brain's still there. It's yes. instinct, you know, and then we got the neocortex but the animal brain's still there. It's emotion, it's the senses and you know that kind of thing. So we have it all. Yes. Still. But we're um, not ruled by the lower, the the older. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're adding in and raising up the vibration and integrating everything. Yes. You know. And, um, you know, so um, I think that the new perception is the big gain. Do you know, yes, you start to exactly. understand um, things that used to used to know, like any to pick any topic like marriage or business or profit or any anything that we know in left brain linear perception, like yes. business structure, hierarchies are linear. Yes. But a flat structure of virtual people all joining together, like on the Internet, like crowdsourcing or something is you know in the the holographic spiritual spirit spherical perception you know um so everything gets a new understanding yes you know it totally gets redefined in this new perception which is a new reality yes and what does the what can you say about that new reality or you actually say we're becoming a new kind of human being Mm -hmm. what like how will that feel and would we behave differently what is that about well, I think that, first of all, the new perception creates the new reality, creates the new human being, mm-hmm. creates a new identity. Right. Every time you get more frequency, you change your identity. Yes. You know, so identity is very fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I think what it'll be like is first we'll have nearly instantaneous materialization and dematerialization of things. Wow. We'll understand how easy it is to create what you want that will give up that victim dominator, you know, polarity that is so heavy in our world today. Yes. And, um, and it'll raise people into their, you know, their destinies, into their sense of what they're capable of. And then they're always capable of more. Right. So people will start to live a lot more that way. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, I think we'll find the development of what used to be superhuman abilities that, you know, superheroes have them in the media today, Mm -hmm. but we're going to have a lot more of that starts now with telepathy and, and intuition and clairvoyance and clairsentience, you know, Mm -hmm. of feeling energy information, because we're so empathic now, you know, everybody's getting really, really sensitive. Yes. And um, picking up more information, but we have to learn that skill of deciphering it now and mm-hmm. not being overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a new thing. So we never ha- had it so entirely before. That was how I sort of really had a big opening, um, you know, metaphysically or spiritually, was learning um, that I'm an empath or, you know, just mm-hmm. being extremely empathic. But the, the difference, uh, the distinction that some people observe, which I do because I think I feel there's people that are highly sensitive and they're picking up the moods and the energies. And, um, but then like as an empath, I feel other people's emotions as though they are my own, as though they are native to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, I didn't know that forever. (laughs) And, and, And as I, well, when I first learned it, I was victimized by it because I was like, as if I had been just diagnosed with something horrible, but, and cause I knew it was true. And then, um, after I've, um, really learned, you know, developed myself and raised my vibration, you know, to shorthand it. Um, I actually just had um, a challenge yesterday that um, the whole rest of my life before having this, um, you know, this growth that I've experienced, it would have really just harmed me. I was being reviewed, a piece of writing that I had by an editor, and this person was giving me useful information, but at the same time, this person was projecting some pain of their own. So it was coming, you know, it was coming a way that was um, very toxic. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was just sitting there and I was able to take the information and keep trying to not absorb that. But it's almost impossible to not absorb it at all. But it's like I didn't lose that part of my old perception. I'm just not being ruled by it. I still have the... Um, I'm still an empath. I'm still uh, reading it, feeling it, um, deciphering that information. But now I know what it means and it's not ruling me. And it was pretty awesome to have such a strong um, example of it, of that growth. Well, in a way, with the the empathy is related a little bit to this thing I was talking about before of, of being able to place attention into different frequencies. Yes. Like and go into holographically, go into different center points. Right. And um, when we're empathic, it's like the attention actually does go over into another person or a room or a tree or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you, you feel into it so immediately right away that you know the whole thing as your own body. You're sharing space with it in a way. Yes. And you become that reality. And to me, because I'm also the same way, mm-hmm. I feel like a tempur mattress, you know, where I get pressed in by a lot of, of patterns. Yes. And... um as it registers as impressions, literally, it's like the pattern becomes me. And then the habit then is to like translate it into the left brain. Right. Oh, what yeah. am I noticing? 
it, it, what am I trying to tell myself? Is this something I need to take action on or why am I even noticing this in the first place? Yes. And then really realizing I don't have to notice everything. Right. You know, like I can just let me just notice what I need to notice. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I don't otherwise I can't function. It's exhausting. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, I'm an I'm an animal and nature communicator. And it's just something that I've always been in times that I didn't even know that I was using it consciously. But I do remember um, consciously using it as, as a kid. And then I've you know come back into it and developed some skills about it, you know, put it back in my left brain a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, uh, being more um, uh, aware of, of using it. And I had this um, experience um, that's a part of this. Uh, it's a chapter of, of a book that I'm writing about. Um, you know, my, my, um, animal and nature communication experiences. Mm. And I had an experience with, um, a couple of butterflies where I was feeling into them and one in particular, and then I could feel the butterfly feeling into me. I could feel this allowance. <laughs> and what was interesting was the, how the, the, the experience was, I asked the butterfly, what's it like to be a butterfly kind of, and the butterfly kind of didn't answer me and just said, what's it like to be a person like he was like come on <laughs> you started this it, yeah it was funny actually and I was like oh oh and I thought well, how rude of me <laughs> just demand right. an answer and, <laughs> and right. so as we forget that things are two way right like I know I'm like the lord I'm like just do you tell me and <laughs> Jarvis is getting tick- is get tickled by this but the butterfly whoa, the, not to make the story too long but we discussed compassion or I think I brought up compassion and um, and the butterfly didn't really have a concept of compassion because he's so in the flow. I say he, right. just, you know, it, right. I don't know yeah. if it was a male or a female. Um, but he's so in the flow that he doesn't have as quite as much duality or the use of compassion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what you were saying about intention. Intention is actually future-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compassion yeah. is other-based. And Well, yeah, and you're right. Compassion is, is, a, is a component of the flow. Yes, Right. I mean, it's natural. You it's, get into those harmonious states that put you one with spirit, and compassion is the natural state of being. Yes, just right. being. Right. It's just being. Right. And that's yeah. It, and but it was like I could feel the difference. How I have a more of a contained experience of compassion as compared to the butterfly. He just didn't have the contained experience of it. That's and, right. We think it's a thing. If they, yes, and he's just like yeah. he was. I could feel him feeling like, "What are you talking about?" If I, right. it was funny, and we talk about the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's a perfect example of left brain perception of compassion and <laughs> right. right experience of compassion. Yes, where That's you funny. fall into it, and then yes. you become it, and you realize, oh, it's natural part of me. It's there all the time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what would you say about, we have just a couple minutes, but um, mm-hmm. just as a, a, a little a, a tip for anyone listening, because I'm sure, like, as you say, people are so empathic and sensitive and they would be um, resonating with this. What would you say to them? How can they um, not feel so overwhelmed and paralyzed by negativity? Um, what can they do about that sensitivity and make it more I think normal? It, it all starts with really being centered uh, in the center of your sphere. Yes. And then change. Um, uh, striking the tuning fork, if you will, of your own home frequency. Mm. That To me, that means your soul in your body, your soul as your personality, um, the way you love to feel, your preferred state. Yes. And everybody knows the way they really like to feel. If they get quiet and think about when they've been happy or proud of themselves or ready to laugh or whatever, um, there's a, a sense of that, whether it's cheerfulness or sincerity or, mm. you know, other states that are very high states. Mm-hmm. 
um, you can center back into that feeling state Your home and frequency. say, I choose this. Yes. And nobody can make me not feel this if I don't want to feel that, you know, not get off of this, you know. Yes. Um, so it's a practice, practice, practice. Every time you encounter somebody's fear out in the world, which can be pretty mean a lot of times and angry, mm-hmm. uh, you just let them be, give them space in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to change them or save them. Just let them be. Right. And then, then at the same time, you let yourself be because it's mutual, right? Yes. You let someone else be, you let yourself be. Right. And then you can have had your little dip, but then say, wait a minute, I, that's not my preferred state. So I'm just going to get recentered in my happy little place that I like, you know, and I'm going to get my consciousness on straight and I'm going to see what I fe- really sense about this experience. Beautiful. That's great. Thank you for that's a that's a really great um, articulation of how to practice that getting into your home frequency. It's building a new habit, right? Yes, you know, you absolutely. have to unlearn a that feeling old habit. Way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we um, are just about out of time. Penny, would you um, like to tell everyone how they could find your work or get in touch with you? Sure. You know, my website is just my name, pennypierce.com. And there's all kinds of stuff on there. There's free things and there's PDFs of of articles and my newsletter, all sorts of things. So wonderful, and all the other links. I have lots of talks on SoundCloud and and YouTube and stuff too. So well, it's been just wonderful. Uh, Actually, next week my next my I guess next week is someone who works with empaths. So um, it's a great, <laughs> great segue how we ended. So um, thank you so very much for being on Charmed Live today, Penny Pierce. It's been such an <laughs> honor, and I'm really um, your work is very edifying to me and to the field. I think so. Thank thank you you. for being uh, with us today. And thank you to everyone for listening to Charmed Life today. I'm Trisha Carr. I will see you next week at 11 a.m. Pacific time. I love you, whoever you are.